This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple of hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. I had no money when I started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Amit Avner. He's the founder and CEO of a company called Takey, a real-time data company. He started programming at the age of 10, and then after high school, he went to work developing innovative technologies for the Israeli Defense Ministry. He's one of the he's also the founder of Be Witty and I Witty Search, an award-winning search engine. Amit, are you ready to take us to the top? I am ready. Hi, Nathan. Good. What's up with all these folks coming out of Israel building unbelievable companies? What are you guys having for breakfast? I think the magic in Israel is actually the army. Um, if you think about it, the Israeli army is taking young people, putting them in high-stress environment for a few years, making them solve big problems very quickly together, and then they finish the army and they're ready to go start a startup. It's all about pressure and stress. What years were, like how old were you? When did they put you through that pressure? So you go to the army at the age of 18 for three years, and some people stay on for a few more years. So it's up to you. Did you ever actually like get shot at or your life was threatened? <laughs> uh, luckily, I can say that uh, no, it didn't happen to me. I was a soldier, though, during the Second Lebanon War. So that was an interesting experience to be a soldier during uh, an actual war. So take us forward now to Takey. You're sitting in a very non-war zone area now in the States here up in New York. What is Takey doing? What's the model? How do you make money? Uh, great. So what we do at Takey, we basically crowdsource the entire internet. We look at social media, articles, comments, videos, everything we can to basically figure out what content is right now hot for any audience. What do moms talk about? What do millennials talk about? What do 18-year-olds from Minnesota like sports talk about? And we're able to basically take all this content and understand what's going on to provide uh, our customers of understanding their audience. So imagine uh, your Coca-Cola or Pepsi or Unilever or Paramount Studios. You want to be able to understand who your audience are, what they care for, so you can build better marketing plans and design better products. You can always have a better movie if the actors will be someone that the uh, audience would love. And that's what we do. And how do you make money? We basically, it's a data company. So we sell them access to the data either through a subscription or uh, based on consume, you know, consuming the data for advertising purposes. And who are you selling to? We are mostly working with um, big brands. Um, I would say our most of our clients is the Fortune 500 companies where they spend a ton of money on marketing and need to understand their audience in a better way. And when you said you sell on a SaaS basis and also on a consumption basis, which one of those revenue streams is larger and more meaningful for you? Uh, historically, we've been doing on a consumer basis and not a subscription basis. And the subscription is a new thing from the last year. So it's growing. It will probably in a year, it will become our largest source of revenue. But until then, almost, I mean, it's so funny, almost every single CEO I've interviewed from the kind of ad tech kind of this space, right, is 
they answer the exact same way. They have a consumption model that's based off a very small transaction fee or something like that, based off ad spend through the platform. And now they all have SaaS platforms that are scaling much, much more rapidly because brands are moving those transaction volume thing in-house, right? So that revenue stream is declining. Bill Weiss from MediaOcean was the last CEO that told me the exact same thing. Is this a trend that you think is going to change or you think every, every kind of CEO in your shoes is doing the same thing? So I think, first of all, I totally agree with you. Everyone I talked to was, oh, now we're a subscription company. Everyone's moving to SaaS. There is a really good reason for specifically marketing companies to move into SaaS because once everything is based on consumption, you have a lot of variance between the quarters and every month. And as a CEO, the bigger company is, it's kind of unnerving. You can't forecast. You don't know how Q4 will end like. You don't know how Q1 will look like. You don't have... You can't look into the future. Now, as you want to grow and have a bigger company and you want to go public, the one thing that public companies need to do is to be able to forecast the revenues. And if you can't do that, you can never go public. That's why investors don't love marketing technologies. And that's why investors love specifically subscription services. Yep. So I think as this became an obvious for co- people who operate companies, then um, what most people did, we made the model of subscription much smarter and better to use and efficient for the customer. So it's cheaper for them to subscribe to this data versus just buying a consumption basis. So it's a win-win situation. I prefer to make less money but have forecastability than making more money and variability. What does the average customer pay just for your SaaS offering? Actually, it's uh, because it's new for us over the last year, the, there's a huge variance, but it's usually ten, tens of thousands of dollars a year for the subscription. Okay. So, I mean, is it fair to say between like, what, like one and 5,000 per month? Uh, a bit higher than that. So like five to 10. Okay. Five to 10 per, per month. And then now mm-hmm. that multiplies out annually. Yeah. And yes. then, and then how, obviously this is new, but how many customers do you have that have moved from consumption model to SaaS model for you? Mm. Are we talking like would, 10 or five or a dozen or what? Well, we have, we have about 200 clients using us and I would say that about 20% are, have moved or in the process of moving by the end of the year. Yep. So call it 40 and, with 20% yeah. of 200. Yeah, basically now, but now it's the time to do that because you're in Q4. So now it's time where everyone plans for the next year and you go in and kind of offer, make it, make it a bid for them for next year to sign up. And you tell them, hey, you've been doing this for all this year. You could save 30% if you only go yeah. to this model. I was going to say, so your sales pitch sounds like, hey, you've been paying us on a consumption model. The past two years, you've paid us X. Just sign up monthly and you're going to save 30%. Yeah, but I think that makes a lot of sense because when when you're not an agency, when you're actually the brand and you're paying for it out of pocket, your CFO will say, well, if you're going to plan to use it, why not save those 30%? Makes sense. Yeah. So is it fair to say those 40 customers and you just give a minimum ARPU of, you know, five grand per month? So that just your SaaS arm is doing about 200 grand in MRR or will be by the end of the year, which is in about two months? Um, There's a lot of variance in that. So Okay. Higher, (laughs) generally higher or lower? A bit higher. A bit higher. Okay. And can you share more of the variance? Why is there variance? Wow, you're doing so much math in your head so quickly <laughs> on the spot. It's impressive. Uh, just come work for us. Yeah, um, I was say, you, you can keep up. You, 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 you have I'll way more training with numbers than I do. Um, I th- the variance is this because right now, again, as we're experimenting with where we are and we're offering different packages of subscriptions, we're still learning what people, what people prefer. So the cheaper packages 
are easier to scale up for, uh, let's say, uh, new clients. And then we have all these clients who have been working with us for a long time. And we have clients who spend over a million dollars a year with us on our data consumption. And you go and try to figure out, okay, what is the best thing to do for them? Do you cut it in half? Do you do you keep it around a million dollars and offer them more data or more services? That's why there's a lot of variance. It's still, when you're, when you're doing something new, there's always trial and error until you figure out what's the best thing to do because you want it to be a win-win situation. I think that's the biggest thing. As long as you make sure everyone wins from that, then, then it's a good thing. Now, what's interesting about this is when you look at exit multiples of media companies that are typically, you know, 1.5 to maybe 2.5x. However, if that exact same revenue was predictable and you have a fast growing SaaS company growing 100% year over year with sub 2% monthly churn, right? And healthy economics payback period, those companies are valued sometimes at 5, 6, 7x ARR. So even if you give a discount on folks moving to a SaaS model, you, that ATM is still a better ATM for you to pump money through. So I can tell you a story about Stakey from about three years ago. We were operating until then as a media company. So we weren't even selling our data. We were just basically selling media and we would buy the media on the client's behalf and basically take a margin off uh, whatever, like using our data, we bought the media for cheap and sold it for higher than that and had a, uh, essentially an arbitrage business. Um, and when you do that, you can make a ton of money. There's a lot of very successful large companies making a ton of money, but then your multiple is 2x on the company because they're selling media. Then you drop the media portion, just sell people the data. Let's say you even, you, if you stay the same size, the company is all of a sudden worth five times more than it was worth before, which is the world of uh, startups. That's how things work. And it's fair. It's fair because I can see why uh, a data company is easier to scale than the media company. I can see why a SaaS business where you have subscriptions is a better public company than a, than a non-recurring business. So, so there is a reason for all these things to happen. What year did you launch the company in? We launched in uh, mid of 2009, so we're like eight and something years going. And how much have you bootstrapped or have you raised capital? We raised capital. So when we, I, I was lucky enough to be an engineer and I had a good idea and Sequoia Capital came in and wrote a check uh, before we started the company and to, to get the employees going. And what was the initial check? Uh, we raised $2 million. Okay. And to date, how much have you raised? 32. 32. So was there a, was that how active were the investors in recommending a shift in business model strategy for the purpose of a healthier valuation for future rounds? I would say that I don't know how it, because I can only say what's happening in my company. Our investors are amazing and they're thinking about the health of the company. And when, when the first thing they recommend is if you do any shift, you need to do it slowly to make sure you're not hurting the people who work at the company and your potential to grow. The health of the business is the number one thing. Now, I don't know, our, our investors told us a lot that we should try to figure out what's the best model to go with, but it's, it was obvious. If you look at the industry, everyone's talking about subscriptions. Everyone's doing that. By the way, I think in a year we'll have a problem. Everyone will try to sell subscriptions. And then when a client goes in and said, okay, now I need to buy 150 different subscriptions to things. It's also kind of crazy. So we'll have a different problem going in and then people would, would have a, a new model where it's, uh, I don't know what it would be, but there's going to be a new model. What's your in. best guess on what that new model might be at 12 months from now? To be fair, I think what we're seeing all the time is there's we keep going back to history. So it's, a, it's kind of a loop. You know, ad tech right now is not hot and not trending. Five years ago, it was the hottest thing ever. Give it two, three years from now, it could be huge again. I think what people will start saying that uh, they don't want to commit to things, they prefer to pay a bit more, but have the flexibility to switch between services, and we'll see a lot of consolidation. You see it specifically in marketing, where the bigger companies become even bigger, because again, 
um, a client doesn't want to work with like 300 different vendors. It's, it's becomes a pain to do that. Okay, Top Tribe, many of you ask me all the time, how did I get my website up so fast, so quickly, and why is it doing so well? The answer is simple. I use HostGator.com to keep the thing cranking along. They've got a 45-day money-back guarantee, which is great. I used their free website builder to get the site up because it's ideal for WordPress. It's just what I use. They've got 4,500 templates and a free e-commerce plugin as well and 24-7 support, which we love, right? We love that. I bug the hell out of them. They always get back to me. So I've got you 30% off along with $100 in free AdWords credit. To grab it, just go to HostGator.com forward slash Nathan, but you got to do it now. Again, HostGator.com forward slash Nathan. Now, can you give us a general uh, a general size of the company? So, like for example, last year revenue wise, where were you guys at? About low tens of millions. Low tens of millions. Okay, so can we just put a cap on that and say between ten and fifty million? That's yes. pretty vague, right? That's, yes, that's that, pretty vague. That's, big big, that's vague enough big for enough. your so your so it's not a weakness for you when your competitors hear this, right? All right, good. So, twenty sixteen, kind of between ten and fifty, and then what are you now in terms of team size? We are now about 50 people, 30 of them are engineers, and 20 are in the business side. All based in New York or split? All the engineers are in Israel, and all the business side is in New York. Interesting. Yep. Yeah, I'm seeing this model a lot too. So Israel, New York. Classic Israeli model. It works. Listen, it works. Um, okay. Talk to me some, some more about kind of economics here. So as you try, and you have a limited cohort to work with here because you only have 20 or 40 people on the new kind of SaaS platform, but do you have any insight yet into what churn's going to be or what churn is? Ah, too early. That's the thing. So for us, like, as I think of the company, I want to think about like, um, the focus for us for this year wasn't necessarily increasing. Well, you always want to increase revenue and grow. And luckily we're happy to do that. But, um, but the focus this year was trying to convert as many people as we can to the new model and understand. So we'll have enough data points so we can go and understand how the business looks like. Because if you want to scale the SaaS business, the more data you have, that's where the future comes in. And I think when you think of a startup, you shouldn't think of the short term, here's where the next 10 bucks come from. I want to understand how they take those 10 bucks and make them into 20 or 30 or 40. And that's why the focus this year for us, although growth was great, the focus was how do we convert clients to new models to do that. To do so, by the way, we launched a whole new product to come along with the subscription. Uh, we call it the intelligence product. So it's an insights product. Think of um, think of uh, any client can go in and say, okay, we want to see what are the hottest actors for this? Who are the biggest musicians for that? And you could do everything um, on our website to try it out. It's like a web-based product that we, anyone can sign up for that. You should sign up now at stakey.com. Um, but uh, if you're a, a subscriber, you get unlimited access to the data, you have history, you have all the kind of things we do. So what we try to do is not just take the same product and make it in subscription matter, but also add more things to it. So you, we could like learn how people behave and how retention looks like around that. Interesting. And is that a, is that a SaaS model as well or no? <laughs> yes. It comes, so it comes along. You pay subscription, you get it for advertising, get the insights, you get everything with the same package. So it's kind of like all you can eat. That's included in that five to 10 grand per month package. Correct. Got it. Okay. Um, has anyone started paying you on the SaaS model and stopped? Uh, no, because, well, most of these models are just kind of like long term. So we'll know when the, ter- when those. So you, you lock people in for a year. Mm-hmm. You want to. Yeah. That's what, that's the contract that they're signing for a year. 
I think most companies you look, so it's interesting, I've done a lot of research into that before we started uh, charging for that. I think there's two two approaches. One of them is you get people to pay for the entire year or lock in for a year, but they have the first 30 days to cancel. I think that's a better model than having people try it out and then sign up for the year because you want them to go through the legal hassle of understanding all the contracts, signing for a contract and then canceling because they have more to lose. While people usually, if you give them a one, one month trial and then you sign them into a contract, it just it's much lower stakes for them to try and cancel versus the bigger pro- So if you do it yourself correctly, signing people up for a year and let them cancel if they want to versus giving them a trial. That's my opinion. Yep. What does, now most of your customers for this are coming from your media business. So I'm going to, I'm going to ask the question this way for the media business. What does it cost you to acquire a customer typically? And how long is that sales cycle? I imagine it's probably fairly long considering the size of your contracts. Um, well, so the sale process is very different. If you sell uh, data for media, the sale process can be two weeks to eight weeks. Now with the world of programmatic, that everyone can just turn things on without signing contracts. Um, it's it's a short one. Uh, I think average SaaS sales takes three to nine months. It depends on how big it is. But I think in the world of like tens of thousands a year, it's usually just three to six months versus the longer periods. Also, it doesn't require a lot of integration. It's a software you buy versus something you need to integrate. So when you have these conversations with your team and your investors, I mean, what do you assume your current customer acquisition cost is? Uh, I can share that right now. <laughs> okay. And, and is that because you're not actively tracking it or you don't have a large enough sample uh, size or you just don't want to... I actually don't don't even know, so I don't want to give you a random answer. Yeah. Like, it's those things we got to look into at the end of the year. And like, do you spend? Right now we're busy <laughs> yeah. How many people of your fifty? You said thirty are engineers. How many of those people are salespeople? About six or seven salespeople. Okay, six or seven salespeople. And last month, did you like? Did you spend any amount of money yourself on advertising to get new clients? Yes, we do. Uh, it's actually super new to us. We started doing it over the summer. What did you start with in month one? Um, spend wise, yeah. Probably twenty thousand dollars or so. Okay. So it, it wasn't huge. We just want to see what happens, and we did we did a few different things. We did like we tried to do search, we tried to do remarketing, we tried to do social, and we tried to even do banner ads, like proper takeover banner ads on different websites. Uh, the funny thing is, we're using our own technology to define where we want to be. So kind of eating our own dog food, which is kind and of is nice. It, is are you still at about twenty grand per month there? Or have you scaled that because it's working? Um, it's about the same, but the allocation is different based on things that we decided to go work into. And then I think we're going to have the up towards uh, December. Uh, Last question before we wrap up here with the, uh, the famous five, uh, what do you give yourself in terms of chances of breaking 30 million in, in revenue for 2017? What will be my chances of bringing in 30 millions for 2017? Yeah. What do you, is that, is that a stretch goal for you guys? That's a totally realistic goal or what? It's a, it's, it's, it would be hard to do that. It's, but but, but you've done harder things. The, everything is hard when you do a startup. Trust me, everything is hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I asked that question because it also helps me get a smaller range of what, of what your I revenue know, is, totally, right? So I totally got it. <laughs> so thank you for playing. Thank you for playing along. But okay, good. So 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 just to sum up here, between ten and thirty million bucks in revenue, healthy teams, but between New York and Israel, scaling. Obviously, the media company very successful, thirty million raised. You're now transitioning over the past twelve months to kind of a SaaS model. Uh, all sounds good. So Amit, let's wrap up here quickly with the famous five. These are one word answers. Answers number one, what's your favorite business book? One word answers for my favorite book. I mean, there's more than one word in it. Or actually, a short answer. Short answer. Book. I actually, uh, the hard things about hard things. Okay. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? 
Um, I'm a huge fan of Bill Gates. <laughs> okay, number three, is there, besides your own, is there a favorite online tool that you have? Favorite online tool that I have? I love Evernote. Okay, number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Five. And what's your current situation? Married, single, do you have kids? Uh, single. So no, no kids yet, right? No kids, have a girlfriend. That's good, okay, and how old are you? Uh, 32. 32, all right, take us home, last question. Take us back 12 years. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? What do you wish my Oh, so many things. Actually, I think the biggest thing is the roller coaster. I think I never knew how emotional, uh, emotionally draining this roller coaster ride is. You have great highs and you have great lows and you keep switching between them. It's quite hard and I wish I knew that. I, it wouldn't change my ch- the, the things I was doing, but I wish I kind of came in ready for that. There you guys have it from a meet. Embrace the roller coaster. He launched Takey back in 2009 after a stint in the Israeli uh, military. He's now got a team of 50 split between Israel and New York City. They raised $30 million, $32 million, have had most of their success on the media kind of consumption business model with their analytics platform. Now they're transitioning to a SaaS model as well. They've got about 40 customers using that model, paying between five and 10 grand per month as they scale. They're honing in their economics here over the first year in terms of churn, CAC, payback, and things like that. So touch base again soon doing between 10 and 30 million bucks in annual revenue. Amit, thank you for taking us to the top. Thank you.